But I thought, you know, if I just introduced that song and, uh, you know, we kind of we went back to kind of my years of upbringing that I just might like, you know, awaken this anarchy, you know, down with the government. And it just kind of, I just thought about, you know, uh, I mean, I was raised, I was in elementary school in the 60s. You know, it's, you know, so maybe the mild rebellions, you know, most of us break the speed limit. I mean, I would say that we, we have learned, you know, if I go over the speed limit this much, that policeman won't stop me. You know, then sometimes that policeman catches us and surprises us because he breaks the rules that he's not supposed to break, you know. But then I thought about going back, you know, I, I mean, I was raised in the, the, the generation that decided, you know, marijuana was good. And, you know, maybe, maybe there is some medicinal uh, benefits. But, you know, I've heard all of my life, well, gosh, it's an herb, you know, and everything that God created is good. But you forgot that everything that God created is good collapsed with the fall. So, therefore, the argument really doesn't work. But just being raised in that drug culture, there was a rebellion against who are you to tell me what I can put in my body. Then I thought about the, 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 the flower power. And I, I, I think we're still, uh, I, I think we're still, as a, as a culture, we're still reeling from the flower power, which was just, you know, just love everybody. There's, there's no, you know, there's no right or wrong as far as sexual relations. Just hook up with whoever you want to. You know, that's, that's just fine. And what's happening in our culture is that, that people are, 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 are detaching from their family and attaching to each other. We've got a, we've got a mess that's going with us. And then, you know, I, I was one of those guys that, I mean, I had a draft number. I, I mean, I, I could have gone to... Vietnam. I didn't. I, well, my number wasn't picked, but I remember the days of people burning their uh, draft cards, you know, and going to Canada. I mean, so all that. So I, I thought, you know, I better, as we move into this passage where the apostles say, we're going to obey God, not men, I thought I better qualify where we're going because I just know who we are. Uh, and, you know, some of us are not, you know, they're my, kind of my generation that you know, we, we might, you know, start the rebellion again, you know, whatever. But this is the passage in Acts 5. Bringing the apostles back, they stood then before the high council. The chief priest said, didn't we give you strict orders not to teach in Jesus' name? And here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you're trying your best to blame us for the death of this man. Peter and the apostles answered, It's necessary to obey God rather than men. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, the one you killed by hanging him on the cross. God set him on high at his side, Prince and Savior, to give Israel the gift of a changed life and sins forgiven. And we're witnesses to these things. The Holy Spirit, whom God gives to those who obey him, corroborates every detail. And when they heard that, they were furious and wanted to kill them on the spot. So there is a context for when we obey God and not men. I liked what Thoreau says. I think that's really good. Don't, don't worry so much about what the law is. Worry about is, it, is the law right? Because there is right and wrong. It's not just what we can get away with. But, but even more than that, if you think about Jesus, Jesus ran head on 
into religious law. And that's what's happening with the apostles. They're, ru they're running into religious law. It's not civil law. They're running into religious law. And they're saying, it's, you know, it's really necessary for us to obey God, not religious people. Jesus, if you back up in Matthew, I mean, he, woe to you, religious folks. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. And, and I mean, he really lets them have it because, you know, you're not entering. The kingdom of God has come and you're not entering the kingdom. You're resisting the rule and reign of God, the power and dignity of his rule. You're saying no to and you're keeping people from entering the kingdom of God. That's the whole purpose that Jesus came. And so Jesus was in conflict with the religious. He was in, he was in conflict with the religious about converts. You're, you, you get people and you convert them to your religion and then they come twi they're, they're twice as bad as you and they're sons of the devil. I mean, that, those were not kind words. I mean, Jesus is running into religious law. And he's saying, I'm going to obey my father, not your religious law. Keeping promises. You guys are playing games. You actually you come up with this whole system about keeping your promises, but you actually don't. It's, it's a, you're frauds. And then fairness and compassion and commitment, greed, gluttony, frauds, masquerading as saints. And then the bottom line is you murder. Any, any, any messenger that God sends you, including Jesus saying, me, you murder. And then Notice at the end of the, what we read in Acts, they, they're so furious with the apostles, they want to murder them. So the law we're talking about is religious law. It's, it's important for not only Jesus and the, and the apostles and us, it's important for us to be able to discern between we want to obey God, not religious law. In the context where we are in the story, I mean, the religious authorities are saying, let's silence them with threats. And this is, this is the, there's the, here's the religious law. Do not teach in Jesus' name ever again. Don't teach in Jesus' name ever again. And then they kind of make it local. Don't, don't, Teach in Jesus' name on the temple mound because we're in charge of the temple. Don't do that here. Now, that's the rule. And then there's the intimidation. We can throw you in jail. We can beat you up. And we can actually make sure you die. So we can't intimidate you. You must obey our religious law. Now, when the Sadducees are coming across that way, what's rolling around in Peter's mind and the apostles' minds is what Jesus has said to them. You're telling us not to teach ever again in the name of Jesus. You're telling us don't preach that name. You're telling us don't, don't demonstrate the rule and the reign of Jesus by healing the sick. That, that's what you're telling us. But Jesus said, go into the world. Go everywhere. Announce the message of God's good news to one and all. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, 
You'll be empowered to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all over Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the world. And while they were praying, the place where they were meeting trembled and shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak God's word with fearless confidence. We're witnesses to these things. The Holy Spirit whom God gives to those who obey Him corroborates every detail. So can you see the conflict? Religious law is saying, don't speak in the name of Jesus. Jesus is saying, speak in my name. Religious law says, don't don't come to the temple anymore. Don't announce the kingdom of God at the temple. Jesus says, go everywhere, including the temple, and announce my kingdom. Religious law says, we don't want any more healings. That lame man, we don't want to see that again. And we're all scratching our head. Why in the world would that be a bad thing? Because Jesus was getting the credit. And Jesus says, go everywhere. I'm I'm going to confirm my message by healing the sick. I'm going to demonstrate my kingdom. So do you see the conflict? Obeying God when obedience to God is being contradicted by religion. See, what's really sad about the religious is they're missing out on the message that's being proclaimed. The message of the apostles to their generation was, one, the God of our ancestors. Now, if you spend any time in the Old Testament, you understand the depth of that statement. Peter, as a Jew, following Jesus. All the apostles, as Jews who are now following Jesus, they're in the inheritance of the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, the God, Adonai, the Lord God, the God that we're part of his history. That's the God of our ancestors. Peter is not separating himself out from, from his Jewish roots. I mean, he is saying, as a Jew following Jesus, this God of our ancestors, this God, the God that we worship, I mean, supposedly the God that shows up here at this temple, supposedly the God that you likewise are worshiping, that God, true God, he raised up Jesus. And he raised Jesus up from the dead because you all watched him die. You you participated in his death. You encouraged the crucifixion. And yet the God that's supposed to be behind your religion raised him up. And for the Sadducees, see, the Sadducee didn't even believe in resurrection. So they're going to miss out. They're going to miss out on resurrection. The God of our ancestors set Jesus on high at his side, Prince and Savior. This is the Messiah. This is who the Old Testament said is going to come. 
This is the king that Isaiah announced that king has come. The God of our ancestors has sent us Messiah. And you're, you're, with your, you're going to, because you're, you're going to miss out. Because you're trapped in religion. That's going to keep you from recognizing who he is. The God of our ancestors who raised up Jesus, the God of our ancestors who set Jesus on high, the Prince, the Savior, that God wants to give to Israel repentance, the gift of repentance, the gift of a changed life, and the gift of sins forgiven. That God, this is our message. God wants to give to you a change in your religious duties. He wants to change your whole life. And he wants your sins to be forgiven. He don't want you to just keep going through the motions of sacrificing animals at this temple and it doesn't work. So the, so the conflict here is not obey God and forget about all law on the planet. It's about obeying God when obeying God is in conflict with religious law. Now, I wish I could say that the religious are no more. But I, I run into religious people all the time. It was interesting. I, I was in Utah, uh, and I walked around the tabernacle, and I was driving home, and I noticed two Mormon missionaries coming down my street. I thought, you know, that's really interesting. So I'm just going to wait for the tap on my door. And then I'm going to sit on the front porch, and I'm going to talk to these two young religious individuals about being in Utah and walking around the tabernacle and some of the things I saw. And, and it really was an amazing conversation, which was very much like what we're talking about. Mormonism is very religious. It's freighted in religion. You see, in, in their thing, I saw two bronze statues. Uh, one was uh, John the Baptist showed up with Joseph and his friend Oliver, and they received the Aaronic priesthood. They received the Aaronic priesthood. I thought, like, when you read Hebrews, it sounds like that, like that priesthood's past. So why would we need the Aaronic priesthood again? Then there was another bronze, and it showed... Moses and I can't remember all the people, again, bestowing upon Joseph and Oliver the Melchizedekian priesthood. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Seems like Jesus is the priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Again, that's out of Hebrews. So why would, why would we need Melchizedekian priests? And so, the, so as I ask those questions, I listen. basically all I'm doing is I'm sitting with two young men, very... Very, you know, very steeped in religion. And they wanted me to obey their religion. They wanted me to abandon my religion and obey their religion. And I said, I, I can't do that. I need to obey God, not the religion of men. So I think for us as a community of people living when we live, I mean, I think that this conflict probably comes into our life 
maybe more often than we think it does. And I do know for our, I mean, I, I really know that I want us to obey God. I want us to be a community that obeys God and we announce to our generation the kingdom of God. We want to announce to our, to our generation the resurrection. The tomb is empty. Jesus isn't there. We, we want to announce to our generation there's a risen king. We serve a risen king. We, wanna, we want to announce to our, our generation we've received the gift of repentance. Our lives have changed and our sins are forgiven and, and God wants to give that gift to everybody. I mean, I know we, we want to obey God in that, but I just wonder if beneath that obedience and that desire, I just wonder if there are still these Remnants of religious laws that just intimidate us and hold us back from announcing the resurrection, announcing the kingdom of God, announcing the invitation for for anybody to receive the gift of repentance and total forgiveness of sins. So could we just like take a moment and just kind of settle in and see if any of those religious laws kind of bubble to the surface? And if they kind of bubble to the surface, I'm going to just invite anybody that wants to say, you know, I really am intimidated by this religious law. Okay? Let's just take a moment. Let me pray for us. Jesus, I thank you that as a community of people, we, we can relate to the apostles in that we want to obey you rather than to obey religious law. And Lord, it is my suspicion as I've spent time in this passage and as I've shared this passage with my friends that there may be remnants of religious laws that kind of float around under the surface of our lives that keep us from announcing your kingdom, that keep us silent, that keep us from declaring in the name of Jesus that there is forgiveness of sins, that there is the opportunity for a changed life, that there is a better world under the kingship of Jesus. And so I know that sometimes those, those religious things are kind of hidden below the surface And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're able to break through our blindness, some of our defenses, and you're able to bring out of us maybe some things things that are operating that we didn't even know. So I ask that if there are some religious laws that are intimidating us as a community to be still, to be silent... Would, would you bring those to the surface? Would you let us see those? And could we be free of those? So I'm just curious. As I prayed that prayer, you've had a little time to think about that. I'm just curious. Does, did anything kind of bubble 
up into your head? Uh, did you hear any words, see any pictures? Connor? Okay. What, what, what you can do and not do in school. Okay. There's a subtle message. We, we can't talk about Jesus in our public schools. Is that true? No, it's not true. You can talk about Jesus. That's who you believe in. You live in a country that's free. Could you get in trouble for that? Sure. But I, I would say that's something that you can... I mean, talk to your parents. Talk to your parents... But you can pray in a classroom, Connor. You don't have to be obnoxious about it. But you can pray in a classroom. You can tell other students. You can tell your teacher what you believe. Your teacher can actually tell you what they believe. Again, they might risk. But these are, we need to risk these things. Yes. What came to the surface? No, uh, I, you may not be saying this. You can tell me if you aren't. But when we were singing, when we were worshiping, you've broken every chain with love and mercy. You've broken every chain with love and mercy. So I think, for me, one of the religious laws is, well, if you clean up your act, 
then you can be forgiven. You know, if you start attending our church services and you start going through the motions and you become, you kind of look like us and you do the things like us, then you can be forgiven. I, I, I think there's remnants of that. Unfortunately, we're, we're part of a bigger thing in our world called church and that seems to be a really clear message. Jesus is inviting even these religious, and these were rich religious people. He's saying that God wants to give you the gift of a changed life and forgiveness. You don't need to clean up your act. You, you just, this is what God wants to give you. And that needs to be the message of the church. So if we're, if we're thinking that people have to, like, take steps towards repentance before we can tell them about Jesus, again, that's going to keep us silent. I mean, we need to go to the tax collector. We need to go to the sinners. We need to, we need to go to whoever our society is saying, man, they're the worst of the worst, and we get to go with this message of God has a gift of repentance and forgiveness for you. And that should be the message of the church that represents Jesus. So that could keep us quiet. What's another, what's another maybe religious law that kind of floats around in there that keeps us quiet? How about I'm not good enough? I don't have my act together. Where's the mercy and grace in that? That's good to get our act together. But I, from my, it kind of takes all of life to get your act together. <laughs> and then it probably takes like getting out of this body into the new body, and then we really can have our act together. So none of us are going to be sinlessly perfect. What else might intimidate us? Anybody else think of anything kind of bubble to the surface? One more going once. Or it, doesn't, it doesn't mean everyone's going to get what you're saying. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're wanting to hammer people, but, yeah. but it, it, this, this feeling like, well, maybe I won't have this hack for it. Maybe I'll, I don't know. You know, if we, if we don't provide the disclaimers for what the church is saying in general and has been saying, who's going to do it for us? So it is, you have to risk it. I, I remember my conversations with my French friend. Uh, my evening conversations, and he tried to make me the religious all the time, and I just kept having to take off. I'm not religious. Don't think of me as religious. I'm not religious. I'm, I'm a person who Jesus introduced himself to me when I was 17, and I started to follow him, and I'm still following him, and it's been, a, it's been a, a, just quite a challenge. It's not about church. It's about following Jesus. I mean, so just keep coming back. And then the, there's going to be stuff people ask us about. We just say, well, you know, I, I, don't even, I don't know what that is. But I'm sure not a part of it. And, uh, but but re- that is something that will keep us silent. That's a good one. 
friends. The God of Abraham. The God, the God that revealed himself through all of the Bible is the God that sent Jesus, raised Jesus. Jesus now sits beside him and he's entrusted to us the message to deliver to our generation. May we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us with courage, to fill us with wisdom, that we would announce to our world, Jesus is alive. Jesus is the king. That his kingdom has come and is coming. That there is a God who cares about our world, who wants to bring change to the people that live on this planet, that wants to bring total forgiveness of our sins. That's our message. So could, could you stand with me? And let's just say no to the intimidation of religious law and yes to the Holy Spirit who wants to empower us. Jesus, I thank you that uh, the story that we're reading from our history is something that becomes real and alive for us in this moment. I think that we've shared enough this morning together that we, we can all acknowledge that there, there are some religious dynamics around us that intimidate us and try to silence us. And so with that intimidation, I ask Holy Spirit, would you fill our community with courage, with confidence, and with wisdom to announce your kingdom to our generation? Would you fill us with that confidence and with that wisdom to give away the gift of repentance and the forgiveness of sins to the people that we live with day in and day out. Father, we want to obey you, not religious law. Set us free to do that for your sake and for your kingdom in your name. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for our morning together.